2: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well, Mara, this week marked the 50th anniversary of All My Children, a show you and I both hold very dear to our hearts. Now, I started watching the show in the early 80s, around the time that my Luke and Laura love really kicked in. I was so into the love story of Cliff and Nina and the Palmer and Daisy element of it. I loved Jenny and Greg, but I loved Jenny and Jesse's friendship and their summer in New York City even more. Um, So I've made it clear that I stopped watching the show when Jenny was killed off in 1984 and started watching Days of Our Lives. But I did come back like five years later when I was in college. Like the guys in this fraternity that I hung out with um, watched the show and I would go over and watch with them. You know, this was like (laughs) pre-DVR.
0: And then working here, I became the All My Children show editor in the mid 90s, which was a very special time in its history. Yeah, I started watching the show in 1989 on my holiday break from seventh grade, just in time to watch Tad and Dixie's first wedding. I remember thinking that the guy who played Nico was super cute. (laughs) Totally. That that was, of course, Maurice Bernard, who would go on to play G.H.'s Sonny. Um, now, I'm the only person in my family who has ever watched a soap with any regularity, but my dad got hooked on AMC for a spell in the like late 1970s, early 1980s during a bout with pneumonia, and uh, he was really into the Palmer Cortland story, making his diabetic daughter Nina think she was going blind to try to split her and clip up. I watched all through that mid-90s heyday that you're talking about, and I ended up being the All My Children editor at Digest from 2002 all the way through to the show's finale in 2011. I think, sadly, that the show was not going through a heyday through some of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really fell victim, I think, to like the creative tampering that was sort of a desperate effort to uh, attract a younger audience to the show and keep it on the air. AMC is not the only show this could be set up during that time frame. But I have some amazing memories of covering the show from going to the Bahamas on a location shoot to standing in the wings and watching Jesse and Angie get married. Wow. uh, And to have gotten to know so many truly awesome people from that cast, from veterans like Susan Lucci to rising stars like Josh Duhamel and Michael B. Jordan.
2: So when I was the show editor, it was a time where there were all those really popular couples in the mid-90s. It was Edmund and Maria, Noah and Julia, Haley and Mateo. And my story there is that one day I was at the studio right after Mark Consuelos was hired and Kelly Rippa said to me, have you seen my Mateo? And she was saying it like in a funny, they hired a really hot guy to work with me. And of (laughs) course they fell in love and are still married today. Um, I always remember the All My Children set as having such a different vibe from the other studios. You know, there was something a little more formal about it to me, like their names were on the door, as I recall, but it would say like Ms. Lucci or Mr. Knight, as opposed to at the other studios where it would just be the full name of the actor. But the cast itself was really opposite from that. They were so warm and welcoming. You you know, it was an easy show to cover for me and I know for you. And I remember being there for a shoot with Susan Lucci and Michael Nader for the 25th anniversary. So it's crazy to think that it would have just turned 50.
0: I have like so many warm memories of being at that studio of like just hanging out in Rebecca Budding's dressing room or Cameron Matheson's or Torsten Kay's. I remember meeting Melissa Claire Egan, who's now on YR as Chelsea for the first time before she'd even started airing as Annie. The very first time I was ever there, it was before I was officially covering the show, but I had found out like through Office Grapevine that Shaggy and Ravon were going to be there to serenade Kelly Ripa on the talk show that Haley was hosting when Haley was pregnant and Kelly herself was pregnant with uh, her and Mark's daughter, Lola. Mm -hmm. And I remember during a quiet moment in taping, Kelly just looked over at me and goes, I have no idea what my lines are. <laughs> like she had like really bad pregnancy brain. Um, then I remember going back there to do one of my very first interviews, which was a joint interview with Rebecca Buttig and Alicia Minchu. And it was intimidating being new to this job and being like around the same age as them, but not knowing if they were going to be friendly or if they were going to think I was asking stupid questions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it turned out that the three of us had really good chemistry together And we were sort of Insta friends and it gave me a lot of confidence moving forward to not be nervous going into interview situations like that. And boy, was that helpful since I would go on to get to interview AMC legends like David Canary and James Mitchell, not to mention Agnes Nixon, the truly amazing woman who uh, created the show, gave it its unique voice and sensibility and broke new ground in so many ways with the really brave, progressive themes she explored on that show. You know, you're so right. From the get-go,
2: that show mirrored what was happening in the real world. I mean, you saw Vietnam War protests on the air in 1970, like the first year of the show. You saw the first abortion in daytime, which was Erica's, in 1973 in the wake of the passage of Roe v. Wade. You know, they explored domestic violence and child abuse. I remember Mark's intervention for cocaine. Cindy getting diagnosed with HIV. I mean, the list really goes on. Agnes had such a special voice and really kept the soap grounded
0: in reality for so many years
2: and even when the other shows really weren't
0: that's such a good point and it was frequently ahead of its time i mean that they told a whole arc about a transgender character transitioning from male to female back in 2006 long before that issue was being explored in mainstream fare like transparent or pose it's really remarkable that show had great families the martins the canes the tylers and it gave us some of the best love stories daytime has ever produced from phil and tara and nina and cliff and of course uh It was home to to possibly the best-known character in Soaps, Erica Kane, Martin Brand, Cudahy Chandler, Montgomery Montgomery, Chandler Merrick, Merrick Montgomery, (laughs) played by Susan Lucci for the entirety of its run.
2: Well, our guest today is the woman who played her daughter. It's Alicia Minshew, who played Kendall Hart from 2002 to 2011. So let's get her on the phone to look back on her Pine Valley run and find out what she's up to now. Hi, Alicia. Hello,
1: ladies.
0: Hello.
2: (laughs) What's happening? I mean, everything and nothing.
1: How yeah. about you? It's a whole lot of freezing our doodles off. That's what's happening <laughs> that's right that's now in New York City. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I, I just like had to thaw out my hands and my feet <laughs> because we live on like the windiest corner, I think in Manhattan. And when I, when I walk while I'm home from school, I'm literally cursing, which is <laughs> fantastic. So <laughs> Good parenting. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, this is, this is, this, this is the norm and I'm cursing because I'm so cold and you know, she's kind of used to it. Um, <laughs> But, um, the cursing or the cold she's used to both. (laughs) She's used to both. She's used to me cursing under my, oh, kind of like in the Christmas story when the father is like, not a finger when he's like, (laughs) do you remember the movie, the Christmas story? The father was always cursing but it was always fake cursing. He would always like use like a fake word. So that's kind of what it sounds like. I think to Will is cause I'm like, I'm saying all these things under my breath. <laughs> this, this, is what, this is what winter with Alicia is
2: like. Very nice. Okay. Um, well, we thought it'd be a great week to talk to you because uh, January 5th would have marked the 50th anniversary of all my children.
1: Okay. First of all, that blows my mind, but can I also say something else? I think, and Mara, you may know this better than me. I believe I first aired on All My Children on January 5th as well. Um, Or it may have been, it was like the first week in January is when I aired.
0: I think that, I think you were on the tag of the January 2nd Friday episode and then we actually saw your face, your beautiful face on the 5th. Maybe
1: it was the 5th. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. For some reason that, that date rings in my head because I remember just when's your air date? When's your first air date? That was 2002. 2002, yeah. 2002. Cause it was a few months after nine 11. I remember that. Um, and I, I cut to now 50 years blows my mind. It's incredible.
0: It's crazy that that was 18 years ago for you. Yeah. I
1: can't, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around that. Right. And here I am like, you know, years later, it's you know, still talking to you guys. And now I've got a kid and you know, and it's, it's a kid who, by the way, just turned 10. She just turned 10. And oh I just asked
2: Mara on the way up here. How old is
1: Willow? Yeah. that's 10 crazy. high 10. Like it's, you know, remember I was pregnant on the show. So it's, Oh, wow. Well, I'm so glad that you guys asked to talk to me because I've heard from so many fans, just like on social media, just, um, happy 50th, you know, anniversary and all oh my, I've gotten a lot of like, throwback pictures and just hearing from fans and sending, somebody sent a fantastic old video of when we went to the Boca Resort for the Erica and Jack wedding. Mm -hmm. And these fantastic videos of like me and Rebecca at a spa. And it's just, it's just such fun memories. And so um, I'm happy to talk to you guys today about it.
2: Awesome. Well, let's start with the beginning. So where were you in your life when you were cast as Kendall?
1: That's interesting. I was, um, it was a few months after 9-11. So I remember that because there was that feeling of heaviness in the city. I remember I could still smell the smoke. I was down um, in Murray Hill, like on 32nd street. So I remember I could, I could still smell the smoke. I just remember it was just like a weird time in our country and, and especially in this city. And I had, I had just screen tested, believe it or not, a few months before for passions, for the role that Susan Lucci's daughter got. Oh, how funny. Yes. Yes. So I had screen tested for passions and, um, and I had, and I didn't get it. And I remember I was like, okay, I was in my acting class and I was like, you know, I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to get, I'm going to get a restaurant job, make some money, keep auditioning, do my thing. I got a job at Anthony Bourdain's restaurant actually, and. I remember I worked there for about a month and in that month, all of a sudden I started getting all of these auditions and the lovely Judy Wilson called me in for, you know, like the 10th time for a role. And I remember she said, I know I keep calling in. She said, but I think this one's, I think this one's a perfect one for you. And I just thought, okay, you know, I'm just going to go in and have fun with it and not really even worry about it, you know? And I think of course, when you let go, and you just have fun, that's always when good things happen. Um, and so I had only worked at the restaurant for about a month or so and did the screen tests and it went <laughs> well, I guess. And then cut to, you know, they said, okay, you start, I think that was a Thursday. They said, okay, you start Tuesday and here's huh. six scripts. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I, ha- I had to go to the restaurant and say, I'm sorry, but I, I, I got a job on a TV show and I have to leave. So, I mean, I was thrilled, but I was also petrified because I was like, here I am, you know, just doing my thing, working at a restaurant, taking my acting classes, just living life. And then the following week I was going to go play opposite Susan Lucci. And I remember I had like five or six shows my first week. They kind of, kind of were heavy on the script. Trial by (laughs) fire. Totally. And you know what? It, it, it never changed. I always had And you guys know, like they, they were, they were always great about giving me a really good storyline. So I always had a ton of shows to do, but you know what? They threw me in there and said, let's see if she can handle it. And at the beginning, the beginning was rough, but I had help from a lot of great people. And then I just, just, you know, kind of fell into it and it was amazing. It was, I, I almost didn't have time to even be excited because I went into like work mode. I was like, boom. I got to learn these scripts. I got to learn this character. I got to research the show. I got to like figure out what's going on here. Um, and that was it. So I kind of hit the ground running and the first day I worked with Eden and Cameron. So not a bad way to have your first day at work. I mean, literally, I think the first day I was in a towel with Cameron Matheson. So Memorable. Kind of like, yeah, very memorable. And then we did the slap scene with Susan Lucci, I think the day after that. And everybody could not have been nicer. It was like, you know, I come into work, I get to work out with the hot guy, I get slapped by Susan Lucci. It, it, <laughs> it, it was, the whole thing was really surreal, but it was great. And I was living with my, um, my boyfriend at the time. And I remember we were just laughing about how, you know, the week before last I was a hostess at the restaurant. And then the following week I was, you know, working on a show. So I was very grateful, and just very—it was just surreal the whole thing.
0: Being coming on as Kendall, and there being a Kendall recast, was like a big headline
1: mm-hmm. oh grabber, my, you know, yeah, because yeah. of course
0: Sarah Michelle Gellar had originated yes. the role. So yes. were you aware of that? Was that intimidating to you? On yeah. top of oh all of this, oh my god,
1: a, a thousand percent. So when it's funny, I had an acting coach at the time, and he he, his name was Bob Luke and he always helped me with all of my auditions and my screen tests and stuff. And one of the things he always told me was, you know, I'm, I'm Sarah Michelle Gellar's coach. I coach her on all my children. He always told me that. And I thought, Oh, how cool. When I auditioned for this role, they did not tell me it was the role of Kendall. So, which is actually good because I probably would have been more scared. They told me it was the role of candy, a new role, and they wanted to keep it really secret. So once I finished the screen test and I did a a decent job. Then Judy Wilson called me in and she said, girl, I just want to tell you something. Um, This role is not Candy. It's actually Kendall. And I was like, what, 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 what? (laughs) 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 Um, And and then I immediately got nervous because I knew I was playing opposite Susan, but I also knew Sarah had kicked ass in the role. I knew her acting coach. She won the Emmy. Um, So there was a definite amount of pressure but she said, "You know, make it your own." And I had I had not watched um, Sarah before. I knew she was great, but I, I just I, I hadn't had a chance to see her work. So I kind of just did my own take on it, what felt right to me at the time. And I may have told you this, Mara, but the loveliest thing was I, I would say about a week or two into shooting, I got a lovely gift from Sarah. It was like a basket full of goodies and cakes and, 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 um, a really nice card that said, congratulations on your role. This is a really fun one. I'm sure you'll have a blast with it. Something like that. And I, I, I'll never forget how gracious she was in sort of handing the role over to me and trying to support me. And, and so that, that really left a a nice impression on me. And, you know, from then on, like everyone was just really supportive. So, and, you know, and I am different than her and I, and I I was very different from, from her Kendall and that's okay. You know, um, everyone kind of brings their own thing, I think to, to the roles. Mm
2: -hmm. That's really classy.
1: Yeah. She she was, she could not have been classier about it. It was, it was great
2: hmm Now, in the beginning, uh, Kendall had a really cantankerous on-screen relationship with Erica, as played by Susan. Um, what do you remember about meeting her for the first time?
1: Oh, my God. I remember walking to the hair and makeup room and seeing this woman sitting in the chair who was so beautiful. She was like a little miniature doll. And, and I was like, well, there she is. And, and I knew who Susan was. I mean, I had seen the show before at times, you know, cause I had all, like all my high school friends watched it. All of them. I was a days of our lives person. So I grew up, you know, with like Bo and Hope and, and Patch and Kayla, and, <laughs> but my friends all watched all my children. So when they heard I was going to be on, they were losing their mind. I knew who Susan, I knew who Susan was so beautiful. I was very nervous, but I remember she got out of the makeup chair, gave me a hug and said, welcome. We're so excited to have you here. If you need anything, let me know. And I was so impressed because, you know, she could have, she's, it's her show, you know, she, she could have, uh, been very, you know, quiet and, and very, I don't want to say diva, but she could have done whatever she wanted. She really went out of her way to make me feel warm and welcome. And that sort of set the tone for our relationship, because even though we, our characters fought, Susan and I became, uh, we became friends through that process. And I think, you know, she was in a really good space in her life and really welcoming to me. And we just, we clicked. I mean, we would have lunch together and we liked the same things. And we, you know, we, we had a we have a lot of similarities. Our mothers were in Florida. We're both Italian. Like we, we had a lot in common. So like from then on, even though we fought a lot as characters, Susan and I got along beautifully and, you know, and I let her do her thing. Like she has her system that works for her and, you know, I, I respected that she's, she, you know, ruled the place, but she was kind to every single person who walked in that door. And I remember thinking, okay, this is who I want. I want to be like her in that she is a class act to everybody. She's kind to everybody. And I think she set the tone for the whole cast because there were no attitudes there. Everybody there was just happy and and like cool. And I think a lot of it has to do with the tone that she set. Being there,
0: yeah, I remember that being a happy set for sure.
1: Right, a happy set, Mm -hmm. and I mean, you would think there's there there were so many personalities. I mean, there's some bigger personalities than others, but in general, everybody loved each other and everybody really got along, and no one really walked around tiptoeing around each other. People were comfortable around Susan, comfortable around each other, and I feel like you know she has something to do with setting the the mood for everybody around her. Um, yeah. And, you know, it depends on who's there that day too. I mean, there's other days where like, you know, I'm laughing my butt off with Cameron and Rebecca and I'm totally irreverent and I'm, you know, but it depends on who's there, but in general, everyone was happy. So, um, I, I liked working with Susan. I I think she was, she was always really prepared and she kind of taught me to like, always be prepared and always know your stuff or you'll sink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Kendall also had, uh, certainly at the beginning, a cantankerous relationship with Greenlee, played by oh, Rebecca Buttig. Yes. Bodig. yes. Um, but they got closer and you and Rebecca became really close friends. Yes. Tell us about like the evolution of your off-screen relationship.
1: That was so fun because I remember when I turned on the show a few days before I started, um, I was like, Who's that? She's so cute. I was it was a scene with Rebecca, Josh, and somebody else. I don't remember who it was. I just know it was Rebecca, and I remember thinking, she's so cute. So when I met her in person the day we were supposed to work together, I I walked up the hallway and I said, "Oh my God, you're so cute in person!" And I, I and she was like, "Hi!" And we, I just like I scooped her up and gave her a little hug and like it was like we instantly kind of our energies got along. And again, yes, we fought a lot, but we ended up laughing and laughing all the way through those fights. And I think all of those fights really bonded us because you know you get close with someone when you're you're constantly. Jumping on top of their body and fighting with them, and you know all those different fights, we laughed our way through it, and it evolved into this fantastic friendship. She's, you know, one one of my best friends to this day, and um, you know it's great because Rebecca and I are similar in a lot of ways, and we're different in so many ways, which is what's so great about it. Um, you know, we would laugh, and I'd show up in my my frilly dress with my little hat. And she'd have on like her hiking boots and her <laughs> sweatshirt. And she'd be like, you know, what am I, your husband? Like, and, <laughs> and, 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 but we love that dynamic with the two of us. And, um, you know, we, we just, we, we laughed. I mean, Mara, you, you remember our first, I think one of our first interviews with you ever, her and I laughed our way through it with you. Like the, the, the amount of stuff that we, said to each other and joked about each other. And it's, it's just, and we're still like that. We're exactly the same now as we were, oh my God, 18 years ago.
0: Right. I was literally just talking about that, uh, doing that interview with the two of you and, and what a warm memory of mine it is.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. It wasn't at lunchtime. It was like at our lunch break in the rehearsal hall, I think. Mm -hmm. And we were just like ragging on each other. Oh, and I found the most fantastic thing that you gave us. I think I even posted on Instagram it was a mock Soap Opera Digest cover with Rebecca and I on the front of it that you made for us. Um, it says, she's a snatch. No, she's a snatch. And it's got, um, I'm going to have to send it to you guys because it's a really funny It was all picture. the like
0: inside joke cover lines yes. that, that we yes. did, yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, I really can't take credit because of course our art director made it. Well, but it no, your was, art director. Well, yes, maybe it shout was out. Your, it was,
1: it was, it was yeah, shout out to the amazing art director, um, yeah. Cause it looked like a real cover, but it was all the inside jokes that only you knew that we told you. And, it, uh, and it's so funny. That's actually the
2: one thing that we do here. Like that's when like, people leave, yeah. they get a cover or with inside jokes, you get you know, married, you get a cover or something inside like that. Joke that that jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The best. That
1: is the best. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's really thanks to the show that I have so many great friendships that I have today. And Rebecca's definitely one of them.
2: Um, you also mentioned Cameron. So tell us about your friendship oh yeah. with him.
1: Okay. So, oh, oh my God. Sorry, Willow's talking to me right now. Willow, I'm going to keep you company in the living room as you do your homework. How about that? And I want to talk about Uncle Cameron. So, Cameron. Cameron, oh, I love that man. Um, Cameron was, again, probably the one of the very first people that I met on set. And He was well. You guys know how he is. He's one of the single most charming people you'll ever meet, and handsome and kind. And he, you know, again came up to me and gave me a hug and nice to meet you, and helped me with my lines. And again, it seems like a lot of my, you know, co stars that I meet, we we instantly start laughing. Him and I also had a relationship where, from day one, we were laughing on set, and he was sort of my security blanket because you know, I didn't know a lot about what was going on. So he would show me, you know, you stand here, the camera shots are over here. And this is, the, this is where we rehearse. This is what time we tape. He kind of showed me the ropes because he was, you know, one of the first things I ever taped was with him in a towel. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time with camera in my first several months on the show. So he was like my brother. He was like my, my very hot brother. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, um, you know, I loved working with him and we just developed this, this wonderful friendship that again, to this day we have, um, he was, he was the photographer who took the very first picture of Willow ever, right after she was born, he came to see me in the hospital and took, uh, an amazing picture of her. Um, he took my wedding pictures of me and Richie. So in fact, him and Richie have like man crushes on each other, which is kind of cute. Um, so like when him and Richie met, he, you know, it was, Oh, Oh, I love Cameron. I love Richie. It's like this whole thing, but we, um, we're still friends to this day. I haven't seen him in a long time, but we, you know, we keep in touch. We, We text or we call and obviously everything that he's been through, um, you know, with his, with his cancer, we, we spoke and that was kind of like a knife to my heart when I heard that. But of course he came out the other side beautifully and, you know, he's as far as I know, he's doing fantastic now. Um, knock on wood, thank God, but yeah, he's, I think he's just one of those people that's going to be in my life forever. And I feel like he's, um, like family.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. So speaking of family, uh, Kendall's relationship with Bianca was like a major through line, uh, for her, um, oh yes, and you and Eden had a great relationship. We'd like to hear about. Oh my about. gosh, yes.
1: You know, what? I'm, I'm going back a second. Do you remember before Zendel fans, there were Rendell fans. I, that was my. Sorry, I'm just going back a second to Cameron because I remember it was my first experience with like a super couple kind of thing, where like they create a name from the couple, and it was that was something I'd never experienced before. But that was kind of a cool thing. Um, but going back to. Little sweet Eden, um, again, one of the first people that I met on set, I mean, is anyone sweeter than Eden? I'm not sure. I don't know if there's anybody as sweet on this planet as Eden. and with that little voice and she was incredible, and I would sit back and watch her work kind of in awe of her acting and how talented she was. And again, she did the same thing, hugs and you know, let me know if you need anything. And her and I, um, we had a lot of bonding scenes together and something in particular really stick in my head because I had a lot of emotional stuff with her and I'll never forget the scene in the abortion clinic where Kendall was going to get an abortion. She didn't know if she was going to, and then she had that scene with Bianca and I just remember feeling so connected to Eden that it didn't even feel like I was acting. It just, all I had to do was look at her and that was it the, the, the connection was there, the floodgates opened up and, you know, you don't always have that kind of connection with another actor, but I felt really lucky. I had that with a few people there, you know, I had that with, with Rebecca and Cameron and Eden. Um, you know, and again, we've maintained our friendship. In fact, her and her, um, two gorgeous little boys were in New York last, um, last summer. And they came over to her house and they played with Willow and, you know, it's, again, it's like another great friend of mine that I got from the show. These are like my core people. And, and I love the relationship that, that Kendall had with the because it was, like you said, it was like tumultuous in the beginning. And then it went to this place of, of just like fierce connection and, you know, they would do anything for each other. And that was always fun to play.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a storyline or a Kendall era on the show that is closest to your heart?
1: Oh man. You know, there's so many, but I, I I'm not going to lie. I, I liked when she was with Zach. I, we like I that liked too. We like that too. We liked that too, so do a lot of people, right? I, I mean, you know, it, there, there's, there's, I went through so many fun things as the character, you know, like with, with Greenlee and Ryan and, and at Fusion and with, with Erica and, and all that. But then when Zach came on board that was kind of like a game changer. I think that kind of just, that was like a different kind of chemistry on a different kind of level. And with me and Torsten and with Zach and Kendall, and then, you know, the writers just wrote the coolest stuff for us. And, and then I got to play a mother. And so for me, when Zach came in the picture and it was Zendel, I was like, Oh, okay, it's on, let's do this. (laughs) And Um, you know, Torsten, as you guys know, just brings a whole other element to any show he's on Mm -hmm. and any room that he's in. I feel like the molecules in the air change when he walks in a room, (laughs) he's just one of those people, you know, he's, he's really charismatic and really charming and different. he's a great actor. So I feel like he kind of helped bring out the best in me you know, I, just playing off again. I, all I had to do was look at him and I would either laugh or cry without even trying. So yeah. And, and that's how we are in real life, by the way, <laughs> like, if, if we're, if we're in a room with people and we're at like some dreadful party and I look at him, I mean, we're thinking the same thing. We, we laugh or but that I would say when he expressed his love for Kendall and they became a couple is probably one of my favorite times in the show for sure.
0: So meeting Torsten was not just a game changer for Kendall. It was a game changer for (laughs) Ms. Alicia Minshew as well. Gosh, Um, why? (laughs) Well, I don't know if you remember this, but (laughs) he actually introduced you to your real life husband. Oh, right. He he was the matchmaker. Um, Okay, so uh, tell us the story of how Torsten brings Richie and Alicia together. That is
1: fantastic. I was rehearsing with him one day and like running lunch with him and we were talking about how I'm single and I was actually really enjoying being single. I was like, yes, I'm doing my own thing. Cut my own apartment. I was like, I was really, in- and I was really into my work. I was working a lot. So I wasn't really, I, you know, I was enjoying doing my own thing, but he's like, I got a guy for you that I think you'd love. Yeah, he's a little older than you, and he owns a bar. And I'm like, oh, great, a bar owner. That's not what I want. He's like, ah, you'll see. He's really cool. And I'm not sure why I'm talking like this because doesn't
2: sound like <laughs> You need to bring like a some sort of like gravelly sort of like roughness to your voice when you're doing Torsten. I know it's. He's like well, anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so he and it was
1: the night of the Emmys. It was the year that Eden won, and. Torsten said at the end, and I, oh yeah. And I think I, I, I presented with, with Cameron. So after the party, Torsten was like, you know, meet me at Prohibition. Let's go. I'll introduce you to my friend. So I was like, ah, whatever. Okay. I'll go. So I went and to meet Torsten there, I think Carolyn Hinsey was there too. Come to think of it. There was like a whole group there of like, soap people, and I showed up in my, you know, my Emmy dress <laughs> and, and there was Richie, he, super handsome, super cool, super, not what I expected. Like, I don't know what I expected, but he was just so easy and laid back and, you know, gorgeous and like, just awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're gorgeous too, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> the voice from the rear, Miss Willow Hershenfeld, everyone. <laughs> um, and, and I hit it off with him. Oh, yeah. So Torsten introduced us. We sat at the table. I think he did not like my dress, but that's okay because it didn't stop him from, you know, from exchanging numbers with me. But <laughs> we sat at Prohibition until the wee hours, a big group of us, and him and I just laughed and talked and laughed and talked. And that was it from then on from I think it was like May 16, 2004. That was it. Now, cut to many years later. We're married for 11 years. We have a 10 year old child. And so it's safe. It, Willow, <laughs> it's, it's safe to say that Torsten, uh, changed my life for the better.
2: I'm actually going to tell you a story that I remember. I was in, I think we were in like whatever hotel in Los Angeles at one of the Emmys. Right. And I was waiting for the elevator and there's this guy. And I'm like, my God, he is so good looking. Like, who is right. he? Who's and then you person? came out of the door. I'm like, oh, that's, that's her boyfriend. <laughs> or, I don't even think you were married yet. It's or somebody. like her husband. Wait, wait, it was, he was probably my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. But I, I will say, like, I had never seen him before. And I'm like, God, that guy is good looking. Get, yes. I mean, he could be on a soap. He can, he's totally, I'm like, oh, am I know, supposed to know
1: him? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, you know, not for nothing, but Mr. Richie Hirschenfeld was an actor years ago uh, before I met him. So, 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 so he, like, he did, he did like an episode of law and order and like, he, he did some things back in the day and, you know, but he, he switched gears and chose the, the restaurant and bar business, but you know, he, he, he was that and him and Torsten actually used to kind of, um, get mistaken for like brother's because they kind of have like a similar quality to them. So they are incredibly close. I mean, they're, they're, they're best friends. So it was kind of fantastic when I actually started dating Richie that I would, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd kiss Richie and then I'd go to work and I would kiss Torsten and and, and and then Richie, I would come home to Richie and he'd be like, so how was toasty today? <laughs> I was like, well, you really want to know? Fantastic. <laughs> he was such a good, you know, like he was such a good sport about the whole thing. And I think he actually got a kick out of it. He's like, you know what? You're going to be making out with somebody. Let it be my best friend, you know, like <laughs> whose wife, you know, Richie loves and is close with as well. So, um, yeah, it's crazy how, how it worked out, but Richie's been to many, you know, many soap events and Emmys and stuff. And so everyone's gotten to know him and,
0: you know, it's, I have to tell a Richie story, which is that there was a super soap weekend where there was like, you know, days of events. And I think your family was there
1: and there was a party in the evening
0: (laughs) and like you, we're having vertigo. or like like, <gasps> I had vertigo. Yeah, that's right. So you didn't make it to the party and your husband, your future husband took care of all of the members of your family. Oh, yeah. Such, oh, God. such a gentleman.
1: Wow. I remember
0: th- what an impression that made on me. Wow. What a sweet I, you know, guy. He's very you know, menschy. You know, yes.
1: You know, he. he's I was just going to say that, you guys. I mean, he is. Is he there?
0: Put him on the phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me talk to him right now. He's actually probably a prohibition, come <laughs> to think of it. Um, but he is, if you look up the word mensch, I mean, that's it. And the funny thing is, you know, when I, when I met him, I actually said, I was like, you know, I, I really don't want to get married. I'm not into having kids. I, I like working. I'm, I'm really independent. Willow just gasping. She <laughs> heard me say that? <laughs> but Richie changed my mind about all of that. So it just goes to show that like, you know, just cause you, you think you don't want something, if you meet the right person, they can totally, you know, change you. But that's so funny that you, I do remember the vertigo. That was God awful. I, I thought somebody drugged me. I thought someone put a drug in my drink because I had, I all of a sudden started spinning. I didn't know why. Oh yeah. And I was like at the hospital and, and, you know, and, and ended up being nothing, but he totally, like, had the Minchu clan with him. He had to, like, hold down the fort <laughs> <Yeah>. with everybody.
2: <laughs> that is a mensch, for sure. That's um, funny. Well, there are still, of course, legions of Zack and Kendall fans out there. Um, uh, do you have favorite Zendel memories?
1: Uh, and I love the Zack and Kendall fans. They're the best because some of them still keep in touch with me, and they're wonderful. Um, I have so many of them. And I guess some of my favorites would be... Um, well, I loved when we dressed up and went to Vegas and I got to wear like that short black wig and I played I don't know, we played like I played he played like a sunny type character and I played like a, a Mafia wife and we got to like go undercover. I like when they got to work together as a team and go undercover. It was like some random storyline. So I, I like that. But the I think the one that's probably closest to my heart is is when um when they when they dealt with um the babies, and I think it was Ian, was Ian, baby Ian, was like dying or something. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Stop Hardy, laughing, har Alicia. Har, Alicia.
0: I, I know. You're a I know. sick individual. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think, I'm, no, he was born very prematurely, if memory yes. serves, and, and yes. there were some uh, hardships, some, some hardships. Yes, there. and
1: so I, right, and I remember just him and I being at this hospital and we had Spike who was dealing with his hearing. That's what it was. Spike had his hearing loss. And I remember the bond that we formed with these two sick children as, as parents. And I just remember we had a lot of emotional scenes. We were worried about our children and it was just sort of a moment where you saw the strength of their love and of their marriage. And it was a lot of emotional stuff. And, and Torsten and I got closer too because the two of us, you know, would have these intense scenes together day after day after day. And it was actually during that time where I started to get sort of up my maternal instincts kicking and I was pregnant with Willow. Um, so I, the irony is that I was in a hospital crying over my child and I really did have a child inside of me at that time. And it was just like a crazy time, but it was like a very special time. I'm trying to think, name some other good storylines. There were so many... I'm, I'm drawing a blank because there's so many.
0: Well, I was just I, such a sucker for like, they married for not for love, oh, but for business. Yes. And-
1: of course. Thank you. I mean, that's like the obvious one. Of course. When he says, no, we'll get married and it'll just be for business. And then that one amazing scene where he comes to the door after Greenlee left and he tells her that he's actually in love with her. That's one of my favorite scenes with Torsten. He was so good in that scene too. Or he says, you know, I'm falling in love with you. Oof. I got the chills
0: from that one.
1: (laughs) I did. I remember the way he looked at me when he said that. It was crazy.
0: Totally. And the (laughs) the Zendel fans remember that well as well. They do. Um, Here's the million dollar question. Does Willow still call him Uncle Toasty? Yep. (laughs) One thousand.
1: One thousand. And it's always going to be that way. In fact, we were in North Carolina for Christmas. We looked at one of the soap magazines. And I was like, you know, I used to be on one of those. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, well, you're not anymore. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, she goes, but look, there's uncle Toasty. She was so excited Aww. to see him, um, in, and soap digest. And, and I forget, you know, I forget what it was for. It was, for, I think it was, I don't know. I don't remember a wonderful picture of him from Bold and the Beautiful, but, but it was, it was really exciting for her. You know, she doesn't remember seeing me in magazines cause she was too little, yeah. but to see Uncle Toasty is even cooler. So I think he's always going to be Uncle Toasty to her. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you
2: get you get Alicia and Willow today. I love so. it. I, I love a twofer. <laughs> a twofer. Um, now, in 2005, when Jack married Erica, Kendall got a new stepbrother in the form of Reggie, played by Michael oh. B. Jordan. Yes. So what are your memories of uh, what... 15 year old future superstar. Michael oh my B. Jordan
1: was. Unbl- I have great memories of him. And I will tell you, this kid was such a hard worker and I loved him. He was a perfect gentleman and he always used to pull me aside and say, Hey, Hey, how did you do that? Can you, can you, um, that was really good scene. Can you, um, like share with me what your techniques were? He always wanted to learn always, always wanted to learn. And he was always studying his lines and he was always rehearsing and he was like one of those that you just knew he was going to go places and do well because he was always prepared and soaking it all in and you know, just lovely and affectionate. And, and I, I loved him, but he was, I remember he had his first like really heavy scene and it was, he was nervous about it. And I remember he got on set and he killed it. He was so good. And I remember thinking this kid is good this kid is, uh, I'm, seriously, this kid is good. So th- things are Good, good things are going to happen. And I mean, look at him now. It's like incredible, but he was, he was always wanting to push, you know, push further and like learn more and be the best he can be. And he was just like a very driven teenager, which really impressed me. Cause you know, when I was 15, I don't know what the hell I was doing, but
0: <laughs> I, I was, I, you were, I was you were me. homecoming queen. I was. Oh my
1: God. what With the giant hair yes, and the big giant puppy hair. dress. <laughs> well, I still have giant hair that hasn't changed, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I, he, he was just so incredibly focused, which impressed me. So when I see him now, you know, I kind of just, I smile to myself. I went, well, good for him. And he had a really nice mom. I remember his mom would be on set with him. And I remember talking to them and they, they schlepped from Jersey to the set. And I just, They were really nice people. And so I love when good things happen for good people, you know, like he's a good egg and he's kicking ass. He's gorgeous. Look at that kid.
0: He's not a kid anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very cool. It's so cool. Um, Okay. So in 2009, the show ups and moves to LA. (laughs) (laughs) What was that like for you?
1: So I was carrying this willow in my belly and uh, had you know was making all these plans of, you know having my child here in New York and uh so those plans threw me for a loop in a way that I can't even tell you on so many levels first of all I love the crew of New York City they're you know they I grew up with a lot of them so they were my friends my family um so I was the ones that weren't able to go I was you know heartbroken and then I was like, oh God, so how am I going to do this? I'm giving birth in a few months and I have to move across the country with a new baby. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I was very undecisive. And that's when I asked to take eight months off of work so I could have a baby and just figure out what being a mother was like before I pick up and go across the country. Um, and yeah, it was, the whole thing was just surreal but I figured it out. You know, I figured it out. Thank God. And, um, we moved out there when she was eight months old and it was actually fantastic. (laughs) I loved being out there. We, Richie and I both were ready to hate it because he's like the quintessential New Yorker. You know, he's like, I want to go to, you know, he wanted to stay here in New York, but we loved it. It was a refreshing change for us. And the crew over there was fantastic too. And we made new friends and it was a beautiful time. And, you know, Willow lived out in California for the first, you know, almost three years of her life. And she still has memories of some of it. So it was actually a very cool thing for us. I mean, how the show ended was not cool, but the time that we were out there was a really kind of exciting time for me Mm -hmm. being a new mommy, you know, and like, I'm. I've got my little baby car seat and I'm and it's warm outside. And it was just very different than New York city for me. So it was kind of fun to, to have a new baby out there. And, you Oh, and Richie took a break from prohibition and he helps take care of Willow when I was at all my children. Hello, Mensch, How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Keeps coming Hi. back up. Yeah. That's, that's right. Um, yeah.
2: Now you mentioned the cancellation. So what do you remember about the day you all got word that the show was canceled?
1: Well, you guys there was like this rumor floating around for a long time before. So we I had heard that um you know that one of the reasons why we moved out there was so that the show could save money for the budget. So we thought it was just a matter of time we just didn't know when but then something came out online. Actually I feel like I've had an email from somebody I don't remember who saying is this is this really happening? It was a few days before the show was canceled it was rumors swirling. So obviously somebody who knew, you know, was talking to somebody, that's how things happen. So I thought, gosh, isn't, isn't this weird? And the day that it happened, I remember I went to work and there were all of these men in suits walking in the building looking very serious. And I thought to myself, the show's being canceled today. Because then it was followed by brian franz and a very morose looking susan and they were all walking in a row like a lot of them and then they called the entire cast and crew to the floor and what else is it going to be at that moment Mm -hmm. what else could it be when you're hearing rumors for a while and then you see very serious people then you see the head of daytime followed by the star of your show and no one's smiling i mean it's to me it was blatantly obvious But you still don't expect to hear those words when it happens. So, um, and the ironic thing was my contract was actually up for renewal. I was trying to figure out what to do. I I wanted to stay on, but I was trying to figure out how long do I stay? I've got a new baby. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I take a break a little bit longer. Maybe I I wasn't sure what I was going to do and the choice was made for me. So, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to make a choice. But what was crazy was that on the screen was the whole cast of One Life to Live. That I did not expect to see. I was like, oh, what? how come we can see the whole cast of One Life to Live? What are they doing here? It was like, that was the double whammy.
2: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: it was the double whammy. And we were all like, I was like, wait, what's... I figured, okay, we're probably getting canceled. But there's no... They're not too. That would just be silly. (laughs) I mean, what? It was very surreal. You could hear a pin drop in the room when it was announced. You could hear a pin drop. It was that quiet. Yeah, <sighs> I know. And, and, and I could, I remember like it was yesterday. It was, and how long ago was that? When it was that April, happen?
2: 2011. Yeah.
1: 2011. It's already 2020.
2: Isn't That's, that crazy?
1: Yeah. I mean, that is just how time flies and I, I just remember like right away being like, I have to tell Richie, this is crazy. I, you know, we all instantly got on our phones and, and, um, you know, we had to digest it. It was like, kind of like you got hit in the stomach and like, you just didn't really know what it was just like, it was not real. So I remember that. And I got a million phone calls from people because then it hit the news. It hits, I remember it hit CNN, it hit boom, it hit the news quickly. So I got inundated by people that I hadn't heard from in years. Oh my God, we heard the news is that this can't be happening. This is like so many devastated people to this day, to this day. Well,
2: absolutely. And I think that's, you know, and I think also just based on sort of the programming that's gone on since and their, their struggle to find something really solid in that time period is also just makes it that much more painful.
1: Right. 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 Something that resonates with the people that sticks with people that yeah. people want. I mean, thank God for GH, right? Like they, they're, they're going strong. Um, that's, that's their, that's their baby right now. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a really weird thing to, even to this day. I, I, you know, I sit and I think about it and I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, I live two blocks from the ABC building here in um, Manhattan. So I walk by the building all the time. And I look up at the window where Torsen and I used to rehearse and it's right there. So it's, you know, it's, it's always, it's always there as a memory, a great memory.
0: So what do you think about the possibility that kind of gets floated every now and again of like an AMC reboot?
1: Yeah. You know, haven't you, we've all heard that, haven't we? That like that there's possibilities of that. I mean, if it can be done well, and and respect and honor the show like of what it really is not a reboot for the sake of rebooting with with unfamiliar storylines and and unfamiliar people i think there's something to that because i think the fans are still there and they're still missing it and i do think that if they do it the right way if it's in the right hands it could be successful i don't know i mean i've never seen a soap rebooted right has it ever happened I mean, they've rebooted a million right. other shows. Well, they rebooted right?
0: AMC, you know, short oh, term. That's, oh,
1: I shouldn't say that. You know, they, and they you did. you were and on they, it
0: for, for a second. <laughs> it's so
1: funny that I forgot about that because it was such a fleeting moment yeah. that I forgot. They did a good job. I mean, the show looked beautiful. They had a lot of the great characters on there. And I'm not sure what happened with that, to I be think honest. it was,
2: I, we were just talking about this on a recent podcast. I think it was like too soon for um, binge um, watching. Like, I just think it, there was right. something the, there the and the if it happened today, aligned. I think we would see right. like a very different outcome.
1: I think you're right. I think it, it was too soon. It was so soon after. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wasn't even sure if I could commit because I was, it was too fresh for me. And I, I, it was even hard for me to go that one day, I mean thank God I had a scene with Eden. but it was hard just because it just didn't feel like the show, and i I was still mourning like the loss of of this show, and it just I don't know why it didn't really feel like the same show, and because well, it wasn't. it was a different show, but the same in some ways, and I think you're right, it was too fresh like people weren't ready to binge watch AMC yet. Well, now everybody binge watches everything. Mm-hmm. So like you said, maybe it's all about timing too.
2: Yeah, I think they were really ahead of their time with that.
1: They, you know, they were. And like I said, I mean, they, they turned out some great performances and the show looked beautiful. And it's, I think it was just the timing. And could I wrap my head around it now? Sure, it's years later and you know, so much has happened. Um, but then it was just like a tricky, tricky time. I mean who knows. I I hear rumors all the time about it, you know. And if if the right person could do it, god bless them, right? Because I think you'd have a ton of fans like be beside themselves with joy. You know, you got to get you got to get Lucci. <laughs> I think she'd but do it. You think I mean She's Erica.
2: Right. She's Erica. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Her legacy looms just you know, so yeah, he, large. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and you know what? Who knows? Maybe she would have a say in, in how it goes and and what, you know, maybe she can help produce it. She's she she's at that point where she can do whatever the hell she wants now, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. But if if anyone were to uh, to do it, I'm in, baby.
2: Um, Now you have done a few web soaps since All My Children's End. You headlined Tainted Dreams. Now you're appearing in Beacon Hill. I did. Which just dropped a trailer for season Uh, two. You're crowdfunding on Indiegogo. Sorry. Um, yeah. Tell us about your experience
1: there. So Beacon Hill was so fun. And I unfortunately was not able to do this past season um, due to a crazy little wacky little health thing that I was dealing with. I'm fine and dandy now. But the timing was awful. And right when they had to shoot season two, um, I was a little under the weather and not able to do it. And they could not reschedule the shoot for me. So I said, you know what? I think you guys should recast. And they did a beautiful job recasting um, with Nadia, who's, you know, awesome. And um, I just saw the trailer. The trailer is great. So, you know, you'll have two different leads because a few years ago, it was myself and Sarah Brown. And now you have two different people playing, but they're great. I mean, you know, with like soaps and shows, you can, people can replace characters and bring their own thing to it. But I have to say what I loved about it was, you know, in season one, people still watch it. I loved working with Sarah. I loved playing um, a character that I'd never played before. And um, you know, I played a gay woman. I played a reporter. It was a whole new world for me. I worked with Crystal Chappelle, who I grew up watching on days. So it was amazing to play her daughter and I got to work with like some of my AMC people, you know, I had Ricky Paul there and, um, it was just fun. I got to go to Boston for a week and just like hang out with friends and kiss Sarah, <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> but, but the writing, the, the ladies, um, the, the writers of the show from Bella books, they're great writers. And so they touched on like a lot of great stuff. That's really important even a few years ago. So I got, to do really good writing and it gave me a chance to like spread my wings a little bit and do some kinds of stuff that I hadn't done before. And what's great is that they, that they created like a whole Emmy category for digitals now. So, you know, like to get a daytime Emmy nomination to, for your, you know, web series is cool. (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, totally, and is. you know, like it was like they were like, "You got nominated for Beacon Hill." I said, "I what?" That's <laughs> very and Sarah. I mean, Sarah Brown to work with Sarah Brown. She's incredible, you guys. She is incredible, and she played my girlfriend. And um, I had always admired her work, so I was working with people that I had always admired, and that was that's the cool thing about coming from a soap is that we all respect each other's work, so you know that they'll be able to show up, hit their marks, and do their job and do it well, because we all come from the same world. So we all kind of had like an appreciation for each other. So yeah, so we did season one, season two just dropped. It's mostly the same cast. The two leads are different, but I'm saying go watch it because I want to support the show. Um, cause I think it's going to be great this season. You're just not going to see me, but you'll see a lot of others. Oh, Jacob is in it. Jacob Young is in it with yeah, Ricky it's a Paul. star studded cast. Yeah. It's a great cast. It's a great cast. So I think they're going to, I hope they do really well.
0: You're here. So, um, there are no New York soaps left and you are, you know, New York based and everything, I am. yes. but could you ever see yourself like doing a soap again? If one of the LA shows have the right part for you?
1: I think, you know, and it's funny, again, I was talking about timing. I, a while ago, a while ago, many, several years ago when Willow was still little, I had one of the soaps approach me. Um, and my agent called and said, you and know, so-and-so called, what do you think about doing a sort of a smaller stint? And, It appealed to me, but the timing was still not great because she was so little and I did not want to miss a moment. She was in preschool and, uh, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So cut to now Willow's 10 years old, you know, and she's, um, more self-sufficient. I think it was about timing. So I think if someone came to be now and it was like you said, the right part, and it was the kind of thing where maybe I could I don't know, pop in and pop out, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, I would definitely be more open to it now than I was say, you know, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So timing, I'm learning that timing really is so important with, with things and that, you know, everything happens for a reason. They maybe, you know, maybe that, that timing wasn't right. And maybe it wouldn't have been a good role and who knows, but I know it's a bummer that there's no more here in New York. Mm -hmm. that would, that would be, that would be, I mean, it's, I walk by the ABC studios. I'm like, they're just screaming for a show to be in that studio, screaming for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, I, yes, yes. I'm open. I just, um, it's the stars have to align. It's gotta be Good enough for me to leave my child and my husband and go across the country, much like Uncle Toasty does.
2: <laughs> right. Maybe you can fly together.
1: He is, oh man.
2: <laughs> be,
1: I, we'll be laughing for six hours. Right. But, um, God, I mean, he's been doing that for so long, too. But, you know, but I, people do it. I mean, I think Gina did it. Gina Tognoni did mm-hmm. it for Young and the You should have for a while, five too. years. Oh my God, really? Yeah.
2: No way. Yeah, so See? many people do it. Missy Reeves does it. Roger Howarth does it.
1: Yeah. They all do it. I think, like I said... This? Come on, lazy. I know. Get off your... Get off your ass in You know, have <laughs> cursing in the streets of New York and, like, just fly across the country and get on a damn soap already. <laughs> right, well,
2: it's a new you year. You said it,
1: not knows. us. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't put words in your mouth, Alicia. <laughs> so true. But honestly, now that she is 10 for real, like things, things are shifting. I actually just flew to Florida. Um, I filmed a little something in Florida, but it was like one of my first times, like flying, leaving her going and working on something. And it sort of showed me, okay, I got this now she's older. I got this, you know? So that's all I'm going to say is that I, I think timing plays a big part in so many things with so many people.
2: For sure. For sure. Well, we shall see we Um, shall see. And we thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great to talk to you and
1: catch up. I, I miss talking to both of you and seeing both of you. And it's so, it's like, it's like a walk down memory lane and now I'm probably gonna like gonna go to sleep and like dream of all my children because that's what I do. I'll, I'll talk to someone and then I'll have like crazy dream. So I'm gonna let you guys know if I dream about you guys. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, <laughs> and the cast and the cast. But yeah, I love it, and um, and i happy 50 years to AMC. My God, right? Totally. Thank you for thank you for having me And, and you
2: know, chatting with me today. It was fun. And send our best to Richie. Obviously. Oh, yeah, I, will. I will. And you got
1: a little dose of Willow too. So that was kind of Yeah, cool. yeah that was awesome. I loved, <laughs> loved <that>. it. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Have a Thank good day. Thank you so All much, You too. Bye,
2: guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Alicia Minshew for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.